folks welcome into a brand new episode of bullet points i'm your host ty b tonight i will be joined by mike bunt and kevin Masseri. the bulls had a huge 70 to 41 victory over kent state last saturday and they're looking to keep it rolling against bunts bobcats as they play 3.30, I believe, on CBS Sports Network this Saturday. This is a huge game for the Bulls and has a lot of implications for the end of this season. Kev, normally I throw it to you to start, but we got to toss it to Bunt first to get his first gut feelings on this game. He's got to be torn right now. I hate this game. I have a cardinal rule. Never root against your alma mater. And it goes back to when I went to Ohio University and I saw all of my classmates and everybody wearing red for Ohio State on Saturdays. I hated that. I said I would never root against my school. But <laughs> it's really hard to root for them when the positives for UB just so outweigh the positives for Ohio getting a win today. I'm pumped for this game, although I know on Saturday I'm going to be dreading it. But you got to say, UB's going to dominate on Saturday. There's no doubt in my mind, and I'll toss it to Kev after that. <laughs> I mean, for me, they were impressive in Kent. I thought, you know, you you heard me preach Kent um, from the pregame, pre, preseason show of being legitimate. I thought Crum was was pretty good. I mean, I thought he, he, he made some good throws. Um, defensively though, I just had no idea how bad that team was defensively. I saw their numbers. They played some bad teams. Um, that team sucks. Uh, that team's <laughs> awful. So I was impressed by UB. Um, I thought it was a good win. I thought special teams reared its head out of the equation, even though it's still not perfect on that phase. Um, but, um, they just dominated Kent and I just don't see Ohio being able to compete with UB in this game, especially without their potential future quarterback in Rourke. Um, with facing his injury, I think that's a big loss for them, um, and maybe their biggest. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging for them to to rebound on that. It is on the road um, for UB, so that's always gonna be tough, um, especially in these weird seasons. But does it even matter anymore? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but UB knows how to run the ball. They know how to run it efficiently. Um, we'll see if the defense sticks its head ugly head in the game too. I didn't think they played great against Kent, but Kent is a good, at least a good offensive team. I'll say that they're very good offensively, um, but the UB defense struggled mightily. The DBs were getting all getting, getting torched guys. Um, so that is something we need to watch, but I do think they get it done against Ohio. They clinch it. And does Jarrett Patterson do even crazier things? Maybe not against Ohio, but do we see him come against a terrible Akron team at the end of the year? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I don't know if you can do quite what you did against Kent, but man, just when I, just when I was excited and it was like, he's going to have forever have the record or at least for a long time, they put in my man marks and Lance later said he didn't know, which I was hoping like, that's still not a good reason, but I was hoping that was the reason and it wasn't anything else. So um, disappointed in that everybody. Just so excited to see that he does have a share of a lot of different titles. Him and marks combined have a share of stuff. Um, the touchdowns, a tie, you know, just that, 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 that amount of yards, you get the ball back too. I thought after the special teams fumble, but they didn't recover it, um, that maybe he has a second chance at it, but man, uh, what a, what a wild game against Kent oh, leading absolutely. to good things, good things against Ohio. And they're what 27th, 28th ranked right now. I think that this game would solidify the Mac East, um, potentially even the Mac. I do still think UB is a class above the rest in this. 
They're going to get, um, I think they're going to get the number after their name if they take care of Ohio because Ohio's a respected program. As much as I dog on them, they're a respected program. They get the win. They go to 5-0. and um, I think that's enough to get the number. Akron now matters because you need to keep those stats up and you need to win big to continue on your journey to get higher and higher. The Mac's hopeful that they see a big game for a bowl game. Um, Mike doesn't see, seem to think that's as possible. I don't either but it is possible that they could get a pretty decent bowl game as long as there's no hiccups here with Ohio, Akron, or potentially Western Michigan. Absolutely. You talk about the rankings, 27th in the media poll, 32nd in the coaches poll, and UB is 1-10 in 10 at Peden Stadium since joining the MAC. The numbers don't look good, but if you look a little deeper, their only win was in 2008, so hopefully that's a little bit of foreshadowing. And Bunt, we got to start with Warwick's injury. Went down with a left shoulder injury last week late in the first half against Bowling Green, and he did not come back in that one. I believe the quote after the game from Frank Solich was something along the lines of, it is an injury that is probably going to take some time to recover I know you were on some Ohio message boards today trying to get the inside scoop for us. What are you hearing on his injury? So according to Nathan Rourke's Instagram, it's probably not good for Curtis playing the rest of the season. According to what I've been reading on Bobcat Attack, their message board for all things Ohio football and basketball, this is a devastating blow for the Bobcats. Their backup, Marty. Armani Rogers does not throw the ball. He gets a lot of playing time, but he does not throw the ball for the season. He's five and nine for 48 yards and one touchdown. He is a run first quarterback. And when I say like he struggles to pass, like I don't even expect him to be within like two or three yards of the receiver <laughs> half the time. He's a transfer from UNLV. He's actually the son of a person that actually played I, at one point with the Buffalo Bills, I believe, um, but just not there as a, as a passer. Curtis Rourke was their only threat. They will be one-dimensional all day if Rourke is out. They're going to try option, triple option, all these different types of options, but it's if it's not DeMontre Tuggle getting yardage for Ohio in the backfield, they're not going to be able to have that much success. I do want to piggyback off of Kev. I, I didn't even mention Jarrett Patterson yet. What an unbelievable effort the last two weeks. Kid is unbelievable. I know, Ty B, you've been talking about the offensive line, and they play a huge role uh, in his success uh, as well. It's been a fascinating week to be a UB uh, fan. Just going mm -hmm. on Twitter, seeing the love from Fox Sports, CBS Sportsnet, Sports Illustrated. Reggie Bush did another interview with Jar Pat just today. Yeah. ESPN, like this is unbelievable. And, and I had an article for Trainwreck saying, as of this moment, Jarrett Patterson is the best offensive player in UB history, mm -hmm. hands down. And I would put him at number two behind Khalil Mack as the most relevant slash influential player in UB history for what he's done for this program. People are discussing him in the same sentence as the Heisman right now in that's just an unbelievable accolade to even be mentioned in. But going back to Ohio, Patterson has struggled against the Bobcats in the past. Yep. He only has 75 total rushing yards in two games against Ohio. So they've been kind of the house of horrors uh, for UB. Their only win against Ohio in Athens in 2008, like you mentioned, the year that Turner Gill got UB their one and only MAC championship. 
But this Bobcats defense is not quite as good at stopping the run as they were the last couple of years. I think UB will expose them. The Bobcats' only defense in this game is stack the box, put eight men in the box, and pray to God that Kyle Vantrese does nothing, which honestly isn't a horrible strategy, but it's, it's just not going to work. UB mm-hmm. is going to cruise this game. I don't know if the line, you, maybe 11, 12, you were saying something and a half, like that. I think. If I made a line and I'm a Bobcats homer and a UB homer, I'm putting it at 20. Like that, that's my line right now. It, this should not be close. Yeah. I love what I'm seeing out of this UB team. And I think next week we're going to see a ranked UB team. And I know I'm talking too long right now. Last thing I'll say, don't think a New Year's six game or anything like that is possible. There's too many G5 teams ranked ahead. But if UB goes 7-0, and wins the MAC championship, I think there's a very, 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 very good chance they'll play a ranked Coastal Carolina or a Louisiana, Marshall, some team in that caliber, maybe mm-hmm. a Tulsa. They will find a way to play a, a top-ranked G5 opponent. Yeah, absolutely. Quick trivia question for you guys. Speaking on Jar Pat's greatness, how many more touchdowns do you think he has than James Starks already? Total? Or yeah. just rushing? Rushing. I'll say 11 more. I'm going to go with a, he's got a lot more because I think what's your offense is way better than James Starks. Yep. James Starks' offenses, like they didn't Three score a lot. Years, two good years. Early so on in James Starks' career, they sucked. Yeah, it's fit. He's got 15 more than James Starks already, just four wow. games into his junior season. Yeah, I was going to say 20. Okay. And I was, I, I watched James Starks' rookie or uh, freshman year. I was same class as him, and the team sucked. Um, so. <laughs> but isn't that amazing, though? Like, just think about that. Like, the high regard we hold a guy like James Starks, a Brandon Oliver, and Anthony Taylor. Jared Patterson, in an age when teams aren't running the ball, is destroying the UB rushing records. It, it, it's with a year to play with really. a, and honestly and this isn't being said but it needs to be said if Jarrett Patterson had a full season we would be looking at possibly the greatest statistical season by a running back ever we'd be looking at a Barry Sanders type season he has 16 touchdowns in four games yeah speaking speaking of like Barry Sanders four, he has a chance touchdown. yeah he has a chance to tie another Barry Sanders record this weekend if he gets to a thousand um, we, which he needs just 80 yards. If he gets to a thousand in this game, he would tie the NCAA record for the earliest game reaching a thousand yards. Marcus Allen and Ricky Williams are two other players who are tied for that record. Those are names you want to be etched next to. If you're Jared Patterson, those are absolute legends of the collegiate and professional game. That's what you want to be doing if you're him and to be doing it, like you said, at this, in this time in collegiate football, is unbelievable because you just see more and more teams opening up and throwing more and more often. Like you're seeing teams throw 60, 70 times a game and it's very, very normal. Whereas UB right now is just absolutely just running teams over. That offensive line has been phenomenal. Um, You look at even uh, Jake Malinich is just making huge, huge holes for that, 
for them. Um, just huge clear out blocks, especially when he's trying to get around on the end on the, those uh, edge zones. Some good clear outs from Zach Lefave as well. Um, Jake Fuzak too. And Jake Fuzak, that's who I was just about to get to at right tackle, stepping into that starting position, played a little bit last year, Those past, the last two games of the season. He's the numbers two ranked right tackle, I believe, by pro football focus and all of college football. Yes, we expected it out of Mike Nowitzki, the sophomore, who, you know, is on some uh, award watch list. And the same thing for Coyote Awasiko, who is on some NFL draft boards at this point, like has a good chance of going in the draft, not going undrafted. But the talent they have up front and the ability to just continue to mash and maul all day long, like their offensive line just never gets tired either. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable to watch. Even when they go with some tempo, they just keep it going. Those guys just, it, it, you just have to take your hat off because after, you know, playing football, as long as I did, you, you grow an appreciation for what, what the hog mollies do. Um, it, it is a tough job. Every single, every single play you're banging your head against someone head to head strength for strength and they're doing it right now they're winning in the trenches and you just got to continue that against this Ohio team and that's where this game is going to be won again if your offense continues to move the ball the way you are on the ground you should really be able to put up a whole bunch of more points you're leading the whole nation in scoring right now 50.8 points per game and you look at you know what Ohio's going to try to do to you you brought up how they're just going to try to run the ball Tuggle had a career high last week, 180 yards, three touchdowns, and only 15 carries against Bowling Green. Yeah, Bowling Green's awful. Anyone could do that. I could probably put up 100 against Bowling Green at this point as long as I went to the chiropractor right before and after. But I really think this defensive line is going to have to have a big game here, Kev, to keep things you know, where the offense doesn't have to look over their shoulder the entire time. Yeah, I mean, defensive line is a big key to this one. Last week for me, obviously, in pregame show, it was DBs. They didn't do their jobs last week. Luckily, didn't matter. <laughs> um, luckily, my key to the game was that, and they just scored so much. It didn't matter if I was playing DB. Um, they didn't play good. So this week is the D-line. I need to see good gap penetration. The, the, the word of the day, or you know, if you follow professional football at all, it's gap integrity. You need to hold your gaps. If you're a two gapper, you need to eat up two blockers. If you're not, you need to free it up and you need to get inside and shoot your gap, but your gap, don't get fooled by any, any mojo, any jumbo mumbo jumbo that they'll be running any option football that Mike was talking about earlier. You need to keep your assignment, keep your edge and play disciplined football and let your linebackers feast. That's your job, especially against the run. That's what we need to see. Um, DBs won't be as big of a deal in this game. As I said, they would in, in, um, previous weeks. Um, luckily that weakness of UB might not come into play, um, in this, in this game, mm -hmm. which is a good thing for, for UB's matchup. They match up poorly against Kent on the defensive side because of that. I'm not as worried against Ohio's offense, especially without their quarterback in this game, not being able to throw it feed right to the UB weakness which is good that they can cancel each other out and then UB can play solid, sound, fundamental football. But being number one in the nation in, um, in a scoring offense and number two in rushing on behind an Air Force team, you'd be still uh, running the ball more efficiently than the number one ranked rushing offense. Um, so lots to look forward to. Those are numbers you want to see in your MAC championship game. Those are numbers you want to see on a bowl stage. 
I'd be remiss not to mention that we're not all 100% sure on the tiebreaker right now of, of this, of how important this is. I deemed the Kent State game as almost a clincher, but that was before some weird rumblings of them maybe only doing Mac East record, getting rid of the Mac West game. Maybe you use that in a full six tie, six and six. If someone's five and one, someone's five and one. Yeah, which, which comes straight from the Ohio Bobcats website, which kind of so. contradicts what we were reading from the league website. The Ohio website says the winner of Saturday's tilt between the Bobcats and Bulls will assume control of the Mac East division heading into the final week of the regular season. Um, we saw, you know, it seemed like the first tiebreaker is win percentage and then head to heads because they sort of expected some of these games to possibly get canceled and whatnot. You can't um, not win all your games though. Like you have to beat Miami, Ohio. Like that is yeah. a game you needed to win to earn that tiebreaker. So if you beat Miami, Ohio, and then you beat UB, that is a situation where you would deem to have earned that situation. If they're both tied at the end of the year, you would have uh, the tiebreaker over them because you beat them. And then, you know, you, you won more Mac East games that I would understand, but unfortunately something happened with that Miami, Ohio game. You can't not win that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then be represented in the Mac title game. I don't think the Mac will go that way. They won't want to keep UB out. Now, if UB goes and loses two games, well, that's a different story. If they go and blow it to Akron, I can't, I can't comment on that. Um, but I can comment on, I don't think they're going to want a team that didn't beat Miami of Ohio um, and didn't win their Mac West game. I don't know that they're going to want against, we'll see where CMU finishes. They might not even be the Mac West team that gonna, they're going to face. So that could be a middle of the road Mac West team. I don't know that the Mac, uh, the Mac commissioner is going to want to put that situation in there. Um, so we don't know there's stuff going on with the big 10. We don't really know how this is going to play out, but I do think it's better for the, the conference to at least have you be in the title game. doesn't mean they're going to guarantee win that title game, but it does mean that you want them there in a prime position to earn your conference money. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ohio's that team this year. And I don't think you want to put them there losing on a Mac West opponent and then losing or then not playing Miami Ohio, even if they do take care of you be in, 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 if they did win, it would be a, probably a sloppy goofy game of some sort. Um, so I don't think that's the situation you'll see, but I mean, where things have happened, it is the Mac. They don't necessarily just care about, you know, the, the best team, I guess. I don't know. Um, considering, I think they're starting to a little bit more guys getting rid of those playing games in Cleveland and basketball, stuff like that. I do think they want the best teams to go as far as possible. So we're going to see what happens. Um, in this situation, hopefully we don't have to talk about that on next week's show. I yeah. won't be a happy camper. Um, but um, I do think that it is something to be aware of if you're listening to the show that it does not guarantee it. I thought as of right now, UB could drop this, not that they would, UB could drop this and be okay because uh, they have a freebie against Akron or, but I mean, Ohio struggled against Akron, right, Mike? I mean, that wasn't quite the that game was, I thought was, it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Way to bring that up to me. Uh, that was an awful game. Uh, but yeah, it, it, all of this is hypothetical. I mean, all three of us think that UB is going to cruise on Saturday. I don't even need your predictions to know that. <laughs> um, but it, it the weird part is, I mean, so in reality, it doesn't matter what happens because UB has clearly demonstrated that they're the, the class of the Mac East. But it did kind of play out in their favor, too, that schools like Miami and then Kent State, they're not even going to come close to playing enough games when it comes. Well, that's a game they wanted played because they beat both of them. So Mm -hmm. the the Miami Kent game getting canceled hurts that like you want another loss. You want another team. They have the tiebreaker over either. Yeah. But when, when, when it's all said and done, Miami's only going to play like four games. I know. And and then Kent, who knows how quickly they'll be able to get back on the field. And uh, same with Ohio, honestly, going into this year, I thought it'd be probably, Kent, the most likely to contend with 
uh, UB. And then we thought Miami, Ohio was decent. I thought Ohio was okay. But all these schools are a class below UB. Yeah. In, in this Ohio team, I don't want to just take them for granted, but with Rourke not playing, I just don't see how they can even contend in this game. And I, I know we said uh, we don't want to even envision the scenario where these crazy scenarios come into play, but I, I really just can't. I, I, the Ohio, the one thing they, they were good in recent years against UB was stopping the run. They let Akron run all over them. They let Bowling Green run all over them. They can't stop the run against crap teams. How are they going to stop the run against a team that just ran for 500 <laughs> yards? That's the, the first game that they led in um, yardage all game was this game against Bowling Green. Like they didn't outgain Akron. Like I've gotten some luck. That's not good. Like it was the first time they led in total offense, first downs, net rushing yards, third down efficiency, numbers of play, number of plays or time of possession. And I do want to say one thing. Don't kill me for saying this. I do think, and obviously I wrote the article about how I think UB is entering their golden era. I do think that a lot of what UB is doing right now, football-wise, is replicating the Ohio model for success, except for UB is more having more success at it. Meaning, when Frank Solich came to Ohio, he was a coach that was at Nebraska. He was older. He was just trying to find a place to settle down and finish out the twilight of his career. He never goes after the four, three-star recruits. He just brings in players. He coaches them up. He builds a powerful line, and he lets the line take care of business, and then he mixes in some some passing. He's had some good quarterbacks. I think Lance Leipold does a lot of things the way Frank does it. And being 56, I don't think he's going to be as an attractive a coaching candidate to bigger schools. He might get poached, but I don't think it's a guarantee. I think long-term UB is going to do it the same way Ohio is except for their high end potential is so much higher because they actually are able to once in a while bring in uh, an out of world talent, like a Khalil Mack and and bring out the best in him, uh, a Jarrett Patterson. So you guys, I'm interested to see if you think that has any merit to what I just said. I I, I just, I find it really interesting. Both schools, they do things very similar in my opinion. Yeah. They're, they're both kind of like blue collar schools. They're going to do those things right where they're going to put in that hundred percent, no matter what they're going to put in the time working to get better every day. And it's not necessarily, you know, the flashiest players you need to win games at any, any level in football, to be honest, if you do the fundamentals, right. And you put in that hard work, you trust your coaches and each person on the field is doing their, you know, their job on every single play. That's how you find success within football. And that's the exact model, you know, Solich and the Bobcats have had, they've had a very, very good program for a long time. That's why, you know, UB's only one in 10 at Ohio since 1999. Um, that's exactly what you kind of want to replicate as a long-term success, not just, um, you know, these blips on the radar that Bowling Green or some of these other schools have had at different times. Uh, you look at Western Michigan a few years ago with PJ Flack, and then they sort of disappear again. You don't want to have that just flash in the pan. You want that extended success. 
Um, I, th- I think Kev would probably agree with that. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you, I'm a big not flash in the pan guy. Trust me. If you follow my basketball takes, um, <laughs> yeah. I certainly don't think the team is your owed bad seasons because you had a couple of good ones. I don't think you get two or three bad seasons in a row just because you won a couple of games or, you know, in basketball's case, you won a couple there's conferences. Constant turnover. Um, there's constant turnover. You're losing coaches. I do like Lance for the fact you'll, you'll hear it here on this show first. I like Lance for the fact that I think he'll stay long term on this team program. I do think that. Um, I don't know he's going to leave. Um, so I will say that that's a positive thing. Things can change quickly. Obviously we found out from Oates, um, but it isn't football, you know, basketball isn't football. There's not as many teams. Um, there's not as many teams willing to take that kind of risk right now. So I do think that you'll keep him longer term. So that's good for a program as Mike's kind of alluding to what happened there in Ohio. I do think that that's good for your organization to keep a guy that will stay. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Like I agree with that fully. Um, were you know what happened in basketball is a totally different scenario but if you if you look here in this situation i like what ub's building i will say that i like continuity in this case it's not it's not always true of, of every sport of every program in this case i like continuity here the team's building how they want to be built they know how to run the ball they do everything that they want to get done so i do like that where they're going as a program i do think time helped them in this case i was a little impatient with them the, the, the blowing losses that we saw, the crushing losses, special teams blunders, even la- even as soon as last year against yeah. Kent. Um, but this this is and the Ohio team, against and Ohio missed yeah, field some... goals and then the extra point uh, in overtime to lose oh it. And we got to talk about the special teams, Kev. I got to give you an aneurysm real quick before we make our predictions. The Ohio Bobcats have two kick returns for touchdowns this year: one from Demontre Tuggle and one last week from Julian Ross. Both players yep. at in those respective weeks took home max special teams player of the week honors kev Uh how nervous are you i'm gonna always be nervous i'm nervous against bad special teams teams Um, i'm not gonna be happy against one of their worst part isn't just you know i complain about punting i complain about kicking i complain about onside kicks which they're all awful at what i don't complain about enough is they're how bad they are at covering kicks like they are really bad at it um i'm nervous so i want kicks out of bounds i'd rather have um, punch go. If punts are going 40 yards out of bounds, cool with it. I do not want punch 40 yards in the middle of the field though. That is crushing. It's going to be a big deal. They need to lock that up because we don't want the scenario where they win on one of those plays. So this, that can't, it didn't rear its head in the can. It can't rear its head into this situation. We're rearing for a special teams blunder guys. So let's not have it against Ohio. I don't think they have enough to get it done offensively, which will lead soon into our score predictions. Um, Ty. Um, but I, I, Personally, it is worrisome. I need better special teams. That's the one downfall of this team as we start to play better opponents. Um, maybe it's not Ohio. Maybe it's in the Western game. Maybe it's in the bowl game. But that is going to rear its head in, and we need to prevent it from happening. I got I got to just ship in something quick. Kev, who has the worst place-kicking situation, okay. UB or Ohio? And I, I don't know you, if you know the situation. Ohio, I, I don't – mean to hate on a Buffalo kid. They okay. have a kicker, Tristan Vandenberg. He played okay. at Canisius. Canisius has become kicker high school. Uh, I think three straight kickers, D1. He's two of six this year. He's 0 of two from 20 to 29. <laughs> <laughs> I can hit those. I'm not lying. I can hit that field goal. Now, I'm going to see a video one day of me and Kev at Brockport kicking him. I once made a 20-yard field goal at Peden Stadium in Ohio during a 
quarter in, uh, intermission to win a hundred dollars. So okay, I know I can make a twenty yarder, but uh, if this kick goes, uh, if this game did for whatever crazy scenario come down to field goals, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a nightmare. I have more of a. I, I... That was an awful long field goal attempt. He's been hitting all of his extra points. I'll leave him alone. He's oh. actually the least of my problem. I'm going to go Ohio. That's a major issue. I'm not going to lie. Wow, it's Bannenberg punted. has a tackle though. Yeah, he does have a tackle. And he hits his extra points. For UB, we just we just picked an advantage for UB special teams. Just solely on field goal kicks. <laughs> Everywhere else, UB's is Ohio, 0 for so. one on field goals though. I mean, and it was an awful attempt from 49. He had to act like it <laughs> yeah, was from 65. The wind, yeah, the wind. The wind was awful. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll give them like a, a tiny okay. bit of a pass, but okay, it is fine. what it is. Let's get into our predictions here. Yep. Um, but you're going to go last. Okay. Sorry. Um, Masari, you're first. Okay. Um, you know, I was fairly impressed with what happened against Kent. I thought they were the strongest opponent for this team this seat in this max schedule before the bowl game. I was pleasantly surprised at how well they played offense. I do think Ohio has this problem stopping the run, as Mike talked about. That's a major issue. I don't think them needing them, the passing game is going to come into this play. I got UB 41, Ohio 24. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think they make any mistakes. Special teams could kind of rear its head into this, like we've talked about, and change some of those scores. 41 though I think UB gets it done. And I, even if UB defense falters in this game against a running option quarterback, I don't think it'll matter. UB is so good offensively, number one in the nation. They can run the ball. They're going to run it down their throats. Ohio's going to need turnovers and goofy games and scenarios we don't want to talk about next week. So that's 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 the that's the way that UB gets it done. And I do think that they, they're going to be able to stop the run, uh, especially without much of a passing threat. Yeah, I mean, I, we've sort of thought for a little while here – that one of these games would get into one of these, you know, rushing fests with UB, but a, a slower game where we saw those style games last year, especially against Ohio, ended up 21-20 after overtime. Um, but the Bulls of, you know, the end of last season have continued to hear where they're running the ball, they're going with pace, and it is extremely successful. They're putting up the most points they ever have on the board, set their own record, school record last week with 70 points. And like I mentioned earlier, are leading the entire nation at 50.8 points per game. I think the Bulls are going to continue to run it up here. I think Lance is going to, you know, he might feel a little bit bad about not getting Jarrett the record. So I think he's going to continue to feed him. I think, you know, Marks is still going to get his touches just because you don't want to, you know, overuse Jarrett. I think mixing it up a little bit, although, you know, some people might get mad. He gets that series off and whatnot. It works good for him because it's able to keep him fresh late in the game. And I think that's, you know, a huge part of the success is that they continue to just run it down your throat with no end to it in sight. If you're that Ohio defense, you have to be worried. I think UB's defense will be good enough um, to keep Ohio under 30 and the Bulls are going over 40 again. I'm going to go 48-30 UB win. So you guys know I went to Ohio. You guys know I like UB. How many points has Ohio given up this year? It's low, 50? 50 on the dot 17 points a game so that's a good bobcats defense even though they can't stop the run bobcats offense they've given ub trouble in the past so with that said i'm going to pick a very 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 close game ub 45 ohio 17 (laughs) 
<laughs> you had me yeah. worried there, Mike. Oh my lord! <laughs> I uh, you no, look at their Ohio their one game where crap. they played a decent team. <laughs> they played one decent team that gave up thirty points. They've given up twenty to uh, who was it? Bowling Green and Akron combined. So yeah, good. Good picking uh, stats, Mike. I'll I'll say, <laughs> I'll say this quick. I don't think this is a bad Bobcats team. No, I think they're a very average Bobcats team. This is a six and six if yep. they play the full twelve game season. They just are severely handicapped without a passing quarterback uh, in this game. If they had Curtis Rourke, maybe I change it from seventeen to twenty four or twenty seven. Either way, they have no answer to stop the UB defense, the UB offense. Uh, that is. UB should have their way on the ground. Ohio won't be able to score. This should be 20-plus points easy victory. And if it's not, I'll be a little concerned. I like how you made, gave him a field goal, though, with all the kicking issues you gave Ohio. You still uh, gave you Ohio know, the 17. Guy, the, the kid went to Canitas. I went to St. Francis. I got a Monsignor okay, Martin. Got to stand up for – I don't even give UB, UB three points anymore. So I just I just say <laughs> touchdowns, touchdowns, because <laughs> – Maybe I should have said 48 instead of or 49 instead of 48. You're right. Don't even attempt them. Whatever. It is what it is. (laughs) We'll get into that. We'll be breaking that down on Saturday evening for you guys. When we're previewing the next men's basketball game, they'll be taking on Bowling Green this Mm -hmm. Sunday. So we'll be, you know, wrapping up hopefully a big Bulls win, talking about a possible trip to Detroit and the start of the max season for college basketball it's very early this year and the bulls only have two games under their wings we have a lot to lament about after a tough tough loss to army where the bulls didn't score in the last four minutes and 31 seconds we'll save that for another day specifically saturday kev i i see save it from i just i can't too much football (laughs) i can't talk about that we'll we'll focus on the good things for the bulls hopefully a number next to the name next week the bulls are going to continue the successful run. Sorry, Bunce, Ohio. Sorry, Bunce, Bobcats. But bye from Bunt. <laughs> we'll be we'll we'll be okay. I'll, I'll survive. Hopefully, he does. Let's go, Bulls. <laughs>